Welcome to No Rewind with Larry Betag. The next chapter of your life begins today, and you're playing the hero. Whether you're on track and ready to cross the finish line or need a complete overhaul, you've come to the right place. Join Larry as he walks alongside you in the next chapter of your life. We'll take a deep look under the hood to see how you can take the right steps to go from good to great. Victories aren't easy, but regret can be costly. Welcome to No Rewind. You've only got one shot. Hey, Larry Betzag here over at No Rewind. I can't tell you how excited I am today to get with you. I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. I think this is episode number four. And i got to tell you, we're changing lives. The purpose of this my uh, episode is to help people kind of wake up and uh, that, that kernel or that seed inside you that, that, that maybe was laying dormant for a long time uh, to, to have you have that break free and break open. In any event, um, first and foremost, a special thanks to Cherry Creek Mortgage as I shamelessly self-promote um, another venture that I'm in, which is Cherry Creek Mortgage. But I think whether you want to buy a home, if you want to refinance a home, I do believe from my heart of my hearts that they have we have the best people out there and they don't sell but they serve and I got to tell you I call that the second biggest um, transaction in your life I say it's the spouse and then the house the, the spouse is more expensive than the house but the house is definitely uh, the next most expensive thing that I think that you have it's important to have people that will serve you and are competent to do so so thank you Cherry Creek Mortgage. Today's topic today, I'm calling it Teddy Bears Can Keep You From Dancing. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about that uh, when we get into it. But again, with the book, uh, this is all spinoff of the book. And it really, the book is really a spinoff of a passion of mine. And that passion is to change people's lives. Have them, again, break that kernel or that seed that's been laying dormant in, in your life. And, and I, as, as I think about one of the purposes of the book, I think that people really hang themselves to the sins of their past and there's probably nobody that has greater and more sins in their past than I do. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't want to have anyone waste their um, tomorrow. And so to that end, I want to talk to you about really quickly, before we jump into today's matter, there was a woman by the name of Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. You can look her up. She wrote a book called On Death and Dying. And I remember my instructor, Mr. Frank Bucaro, who is one of the top 100 speakers in the world, um, he was my, my uh, religion teacher, and what he told me uh, is that they did a study. And in that study, they studied all these people who, amongst many other things, one of the things they studied were people who died and were brought back to life, either through CPR, the paddles, or, or whatever, however you did it. And um, here, here, here's a story. Out of all the people that were resuscitated... One-third of them experienced the exact same experience. And here's what the experience was. And there's a punchline afterwards. The experience was that God replayed their entire life from birth to death. Don't ask me how. Um, I'm not that smart. If I was smart, I, I wouldn't be even doing this. Um, but um, the, the, then he went rewound the life. And he said, but this is how he intended for you to live that life. And I could tell you that 100% of the people who had that experience 
said, I wish I would have lived the life that God had um, shown me that I could have lived. And I think to that end, in that study, they said religion didn't matter. If they were Jewish, Christian, atheist, agnostic, Muslim, Baptist, you know, uh, Pentecostal, every single one of those people said, I wish I would have lived a life that was put before me. And I think that we spent a lot of time hanging ourselves from the, the um, sins of our past. I just went out to, um, to lunch with a buddy of mine who has a very, very successful business, but he is really, really connected to God. And I was telling him, he's a younger guy, and he says he just feels like he's called to do so many things. And I said, yeah, but don't, how much time do you spend um, hanging yourself for the sins of your past? And he's like, none. He goes, I've dealt with that stuff. He goes, uh, and when I sin, I don't even care. He goes, I don't have time for that. i got too many things that God has for me to do. So in any event, um, I guess what I'm really the purpose is, uh, comes out of this whole thought process that let's not waste tomorrow. And um, so for the, to that end, that, that's where we're coming. So teddy bears can keep you from dancing. When I was a kid in high school, my parents, um, between junior and senior year, they told me in, in April or May of junior year, they said, you better sign up for something this summer. I said, sure, sure, sure. But I didn't. And then, you know, I'm going to say May came around. And they said, well, you better sign up for something. And then they said, well, if you don't sign up for something, then we're going to sign you up for dance lessons. I said, dance lessons? Like, I knew they were kidding. If I was hoping that they were kidding. And I just kind of sat on my butt being a lazy teen boy with a high-tech video game. was like Pong. Um, and I screwed around with, with my brothers, and we played football, and we just didn't, you know, I last thing I really was worried about was what I was going to do this summer. So they wanted extracurricular activity outside of my mm, typical work at, at McDonald's. And so June rolls around, and I'm done in May, and uh, they said, well, Larry, you didn't sign up for anything, so you are signing up for dance lessons. What will it be, disco or ballroom? <laughs> and I thought to myself, you, you've got to be kidding. And they weren't kidding. They brought down the Park District uh, mailer. They said, you decide which one you want to do, you're in. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. Well, that was nice of me to say that, and it was nice of them to hear those words. But guess who was right and guess who was wrong? I was wrong. They were right. I was doing dance. So knowing that I wasn't going to go with old people in uh, as a 15, 16-year-old, I'm not going to be doing any ballroom. So I signed up for disco lessons, believe it or not. And to my dismay, um, when we got taken down to the park center early, I got dropped off on a six o'clock on a, um, you know, it was a Tuesday and a Thursday night. I walked in and there were um, probably about, oh, maybe about 20, 25, maybe 30 people. And there was one girl that was my age and she was overweight and had crooked glasses. And um, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to pair me with her. And, um, but in any event, um, I got passed all around. I was mortified thinking that I'm going to be stuck with her. I'm going to be hanging out with, with these women that are my mom's age learning disco. And so I got into the disco and I'll be darned if I didn't have a blast. I had the most fun. And that girl who I prejudged 
I had a lot of fun with her. I had a fun with the moms who thought that was a cute little, um, uh, a cute little puppy, I guess, in their eyes, and, and we danced. Well, then I will tell you. Well, I've always been a music aficionado. I, I um, you know, worked for as a DJ, on-air DJ for the number one radio college radio station in the United States um, in college, and I, I was a music buff. I got over fifteen. I bought over fifteen hundred CDs. I still have them in my basement. I would go to all night dance clubs. I'll never forget going going one time to the Cabaret Metro X uh, or Cabaret Metro Smart Bar downtown Chicago, and I had a friend of mine named Sue Sue Henry. She and I would go ahead and we leave on a Friday or Saturday or both, and we leave here around um, ten o'clock at night. We we get to the uh, up in the North Lincoln Park area, and we would. Um, uh, you know, arrive around 11 o'clock at night and we would dance until four in the morning. And it wasn't a drinking partying thing. We would just dance. And then, and we would do the middle of winter. I remember then that she would hop in the car and, and change because she was dripping. And then I'd hop in the car and change. I, I was dripping. We, we'd drive home three or four in the morning. But I'll never forget one time they have those feature boxes. And um, to I became such a good dancer that I got to start dancing on the, on the feature boxes and um, all I remember was one time a couple of uh, black fellows came up to me and said, Damn, white boy, you can dance. <laughs> and I was thrilled, thrilled that um, some of the African-American black dancers thought that I was pretty hot to trot in my moves. And so dancing for me has always been some sort of a, um, a release and it's a great energy release, but I think that, you know, in, in the back of your mind, there's something rhythmic about the beats. And there's something that if you find music that, that really kind of just, just brings stuff out of you. It's, it, it's awesome. And so I did that for a long time. But I'm thinking even afterwards, I came home and I would go ahead in my basement um, when my parents were upstairs, I put on like music that I liked, and I would just dance. I know it sounds weird, but this little disco guy just got into dancing. I became very uh, much into alternative rock, and I just like to dance. So what's dancing got to do with anything? Well, dancing's got to do, for me, a little bit within my heart. I love dancing. I love music. And then, um, but, but there's things that can go ahead and, and prohibit you from doing that. I think what happens is later on you start growing up and then you start having the worries of the world. And we talked last uh, episode about how the United States is so dumbed down. And you think about the happiness of people coming from third world countries just to have a home over their a house, a roof over their head, I should say, and just having health. Um, and yet here we are, probably... I'm thinking maybe the poorest people in the United States who aren't homeless, you know, they're killing themselves with um, with their phone, with video games, with TV, and maybe with just eating. Obesity is through the roof. I, I, I've just hired a health coach to help me lose 50 pounds. Um, having a sedentary lifestyle style is, is horrible. And in any event, um, I, I, I call them teddy bears. And teddy bears can be anything. It could be sex. It could be porn. It could be TV. It could be eating. Um, I can tell you I've had a, a share of addictions. And um, my addictions can be anywhere from 
not necessarily food. I mean, I, I think food is something that I've always had a, a struggle with. Um, the, the interesting thing about food and sex is that they both are necessities really kind of of life for, for, for most of us if you're married. I think sex has to be a part of that uh, for a healthy relationship. And I think uh, um, as far as food, well, well, you can't live without it. So, so where do you find the healthy relationship? I think wherever something good is set up, uh, Satan is lurking around the corner and, and trying to pervert it. And, and, and I mean that. And what, what's weird, I call them teddy bears. So what's a teddy bear? A teddy bear is something you hug and you go to. And it's always there for you. And we had a rental property that we rented to some really, really nice couple that had three kids, I think. Two or three kids. And I knew that they had had problems... I think in their marriage many years ago, but they couldn't be any nicer. They're awesome, most awesome people, very nice. But one summer, the mother asked us, my wife in particular, if 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 we can go ahead and and watch their kid, who was the same age as my uh, my son, and I'm going to say they were probably about eight, nine years old. And so my wife um, said, sure. So they would be outside playing. And this mom, with zero exaggeration, would be texting her kid while she's at work at least no less than every 15 minutes of the day. Well, what was neat was that their son started, I mean, really bonded with my son. And my son's an outdoor person, so they'd put their phone down. Or my, my son wasn't allowed to have a phone until he got to a freshman year in high school. But he would put his phone down, and they'd go play on a raft. They would go ahead and chase the dogs. They would build forts. They would play swords. They would do things that boys probably should do. Well, invariably, that mother started calling my wife and saying, Hey, where's, we'll call him Joey. Where's Joey? She's like, well, right in front of me, out in the front yard, and they're, they're playing. And we're on five acres. She called and called and called. And my wife finally got to the point where she's like, I don't know how she's getting any work done at work. And at the end of the day, my wife finally told her, listen, nobody's going to steal your son. Nobody wants your son. I don't even want your son. And, um, you know, as far as my kids, I don't want them that much. That's why I got the yard. They're fine. Let them be. And, um, but something's going on with that mom. There was a teddy bear. And so when I think about how small teddy bears are, teddy bears can be something where you have to have a Starbucks every morning. Nothing really kind of wrong with that, I think, unless you're financially strapped because those you have to remortgage your house for. Um, or it could be something more sincere, like we'll say a heroin addiction. But more often than not, here's the deal. This is the punchline. You have teddy bears, and if you don't, I'm going to say it's a blind spot in your life. And you can raise your middle finger and tell me to piss off. I'm okay with that, too. Um, but I think that when you arrogantly defend yourself and you defend your position, then you're probably blind to what's going on in your life. Um, I've had teddy bears that are innocuous, such as like an addiction to Red Bull, diet Red Bulls for years. Um, an addiction, actually I became a closet cigarette smoker and, um, that wasn't cool. Um, but those are things that are more probably addictive qualities, but here's the deal. Uh, I talked to friends, and I actually went to a, an anonymous, you know, one of those anonymouses for, for um, 
a few months to help break a, 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 an addiction that I had. And what I realized was that, and it wasn't anything major, but it's enough that it was like interfering with my life mentally. And so what I thought was interesting is that every time you remove an addiction from your life, you realize that you have more. There's um, a really famous guy, and I'm, I'm losing, uh, I, I can't think of who he is. And if I, if I said the name, a lot of you would know and recognize him. I'm a very positive person. But he says every month, he gives up something different. And he says if it's incredibly brutal to do, then he knows he can't have it back into his life. So maybe it's TV. Maybe it's just having, we'll say, a drink. Um, maybe it's uh, Friday night drinks, maybe it's whatever, but here's the deal. Teddy bears, you know, that, that mom, she had a teddy bear. Why? I'm guessing maybe that there was something so wrong with something that happened in a prior relationship, something problem with her, her current marriage. I have no idea, but that she needed a teddy bear. Teddy bears are great. You know why teddy bears are great is because they soothe you. But a teddy bear is just that. It's a teddy bear. It's a little stuffed thing filled with nothing. And at the end of the day, if it soothes you, it soothes you and maybe helps you go to sleep. Uh, you can cuddle with it. And um, so for me, if I want to have one or two drinks too many, it soothes me. I can cuddle with it. It makes me feel good for the moment. Uh, if it's porn, same thing. If it's smoking, same thing. If it's heroin, same thing. Um, if it's, uh, you name it, um, uh, coffee, um, it doesn't have to be a physical substance, but here's what a lot of people do. This is a big one. Fall asleep. I mean, not fall asleep, but they, they, they're, they're hypnotized by a TV. They're hypnotized by their phone. You ever look at your screen time? The screen time that you have is out of control. I believe, um, I spend a lot of my working day now on my iPhone. I spent a lot of time calling people and um, texting people and um, doing a lot of things that involve my phone but it could really suck me in and that's not really a cool place for me to be in any event i think um these teddy bears become blind they're bad for two reasons the first and foremost is they will go ahead and they will hug you and they will give you happiness but they will never give you fulfillment if you've ever seen um that TV series, I can't think of it. My kids had me watch it once, but it was like my addiction and the addictions that I see are, are, are incredible. And some of them are just, you know, being addicted to your twin sister. I remember some of it's being addicted to the most whacked out things that you and I have ever seen. But here's the thing. I have a friend of mine who is an alcoholic, but he's been recovered for 19 years. And he says, by the grace of God, um, you know, that he hasn't gone back. I talked to him about one of my addictions, and I got a million of them. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to get all the big ones out of my life, and, and I'm finding out that I have a lot more smaller ones. But as he told me, he goes, "You know what the difference between you and you and me, Larry?" I'm like, "Tell me." He goes, "Well, I was an alcoholic, and I would have, you know, six or twelve beers by ten o'clock in the morning, and I'd be mowing my lawn, and..." I had an addiction. I didn't think that anybody else knew it, but everybody knew it, except the only blind spot was I thought that no one knew it, but everybody knew it. He goes, the problem with your addiction at that time was that 
probably the blessing is nobody knows. Probably the curse is that nobody knows. And so, in other words, what's a curse? Hiding an addiction um, is that you don't deal with it. And so, here's the deal. These addictions, uh, I think, dumb us down. And I think of third world countries, um, they have a passion. Their passion might be for food. Their passion might be to get a, a higher education. It might just be for health and, and having some sort of health care. But they're very specific as far as whatever their passions are. I believe that in our lives, God has put together, um, Im imprinted on your heart, something that will go ahead and um, grab your heart. Um, it'll blossom in your heart. It'll be like something that you've never seen before. And at the end of the day... Um, once you peel back the layers and see the thing that's been put in your heart, um, nothing else will really matter at that point. And so I think about this dancing, going back to my dancing. The problem with an addiction is it takes you away from those things. Now, now I can tell you that dancing isn't the purpose in my heart. The purpose in my heart is to have a wife who loves me and kids who love me where I'm impacting them and then leveraging that to um, that impacting our lives so they can be legacy people. And then I can use my, my daytime hours to positively impact the lives of others and help them reach their potential. So I think today, the thing that I'm most concerned with is helping you, just like I needed help, to peel back the things that are in your life. Now, if you're like me, you could be very defensive and say, no, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't. But if I can ask you a question, the question would be, but what is your passion? What's the thing that jump, gets you out of bed every single morning? This is a Sunday. Right now it's at 2.30 it's at on a Sunday that I'm having this. I know for a, path, or for a fact that my passion is doing this, not, not podcasting. I don't care about that. It's not about writing books. I don't care about that. I do, but that's not what gets me out of bed. What gets me out of bed is imp positively impacting the lives of others. That's really my passion. Um, and so for me, you can say I have no addictions, but have you been dumbed down because of your routine? Have you been dumbed down because of the stupid things that you allow in your life? Maybe you have zero addictions, but you're just killing yourself with boredom. I got to tell you, that's probably the most miserable thing that you could be doing is just wasting your life. There was a book that I read many years ago in a Bible study, and it talked about some guy who finally gave his life to um, Christ at, at like 83 or 89 years old. And the minute he did, he was a hard-ass dude. But the minute he did, he started crying and said, I've wasted my life. i wasted my life. Well, um, I think it was called Point Man. I think that's what it's called. Um in any event, he didn't waste his life because the guy who put this in the book ended up selling millions and millions of copies. And it really came out of this conversation with this 83, 89-year-old guy who gave his life to Christ. And so even God can use your life, even if it's late in life. And so what my, my, my mission, my, my, my comment for you today is what can you do to really take a search inside your heart. You have teddy bears. Uh, if, if you don't have a teddy bear, you're a liar. Um, I was a liar. and um, But 
if you want to know if you have teddy bears, if, if you deny the fact that you do, then saying, what's my passion that moves my heart? And if it's not something of a massive significance that gets you out of bed every single morning and it makes you want to jump out of bed because you're going to conquer the world, then something's screwed up. All right, so wrapping things up here. Um, today we're talking about um, the teddy bears and how teddy bears can prevent you from dancing or, or prevent you from uh, uh, achieving the things in your heart. Um, most importantly, teddy bears... Um, are just things that are nice and they're disguised and nice and fluffy, um, but they're, they're dangerous. And um, don't ever be that person that says at the end of your life, I wasted it. And if you wake up today, then I feel like I've done one good thing. I think we'll talk maybe next one, one of these next couple of weeks about how to go ahead and, and start removing those teddy bears. Um, I'm still removing teddy bears. And fortunately, a lot of the big dirty ones that are crippling are out but I still have smaller one that's going to affect me and prevent me from being um, really, really good at what I do. In any event, um, this is Larry Betag um, with No Rewind. I can't thank you enough for tuning in there. Please do me a favor. If you like this, tell somebody on Facebook. Um, you know, Post this. Put it up there. Uh, I'd love to, for you to give a review of it. Um, I don't know what else to say. I'm grateful to be here, and we have a lot more to talk about, and we'll do it in our next topic, okay? Have a great day. Thinking about buying a new home or refinancing your existing one? With interest rates this low, what are you waiting for? Today's historically low rates means now is a great time to take the next step. Talk to Larry Betag from Cherry Creek Mortgage. Larry is a great resource to answer all your home financing questions. Call Larry at 630-524-9677 or visit www.cherrycreekmortgage.com forward slash Larry Betag. Larry Betag, NMLS number 158606. Cherry Creek Mortgage Company, Inc., NMLS number 3001. An equal housing opportunity lender. Not everyone will qualify for products offered. Thank you for joining Larry Betag at No Rewind. Be sure to repost this podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contact Larry directly, you can email him at betag at comcast.net or you can call him at 630-417-7172. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of No Rewind.